Change starts and stops with a WTF moment. The first is, what the fuck am I doing? We finally wake up to the reality that our life is not what we want it to be. The denial is done. We have to ask ourselves the hard questions. If we never have that moment, nothing changes. The next WTF is walking towards fear. If you aren't willing to find your growth edges and take steps in a new and likely scary direction, again, nothing changes. This podcast is a space to explore open and honest conversations around creating change in our personal worlds, which honestly has become my favorite adventure yet. Thanks for following along. Welcome to another bite-sized bit. I really do my best to keep these kind of fun and light and engaging. And today I'm hoping it's going to be engaging, but it is a little bit on the heavier side. So before you click away, I would really encourage you to to listen to this episode. If you only ever listen to one episode of this podcast, I'd encourage you to to let it be this one. Um, It's an important episode to me. This is actually something I wrote and posted on my Facebook page. If you're not connected with me over there, feel free to go connect with me, uh, Christina Spinozola. And it just feels like something I was called to share here as well, to record, um, maybe even just for me to, to hear myself say these words out loud instead of writing them down. So again, if this is the only thing you ever listen to, amazing. Um, I really want you to kind of feel this today and see what it can create for you with this understanding. So it's a bit of a story, but um, my hometown is a small community in Massachusetts on the East Coast of the United States. It's one of those towns where nobody really knows where it is. And when somebody asks where it is, you typically share the obligatory like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's, you know, right outside of Boston. And the person you're talking to really politely, they'll nod and smile and they pretend they know exactly where you're talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah, I have cousins also outside of Boston. And you kind of make some small talk from there. But this little town of Medway, Massachusetts, has really shaped one of the most foundational ways that I see the world. And unfortunately, that's because our community has had more tragedy than any one town should ever experience. And this is a pretty low bar, right? Like, in my opinion, any level of tragedy at all feels pretty unacceptable. Uh, But today I'm sharing with you about what I've experienced. And, you know, this is not a comprehensive list, um, but some of the things that have just impacted me the deepest. I was in the sixth grade when I first had the experience of grieving for the life of someone I didn't personally know. I've always been a pretty deep feeler. So when Alex Handy was hit by a car on his bicycle and was killed, I remember crying when I found out. I didn't want to go to school the next day because I was so sad. I didn't tell anybody how deeply I was feeling it because I also remember how much judgment I had for myself that I was so distraught, even though I didn't know this boy who was just a few years older than me. I shouldn't care so much. That thinking started really young for me. To this day, I still think about him every time I cross the street safely or even see a crosswalk. I was in 11th grade when I was an IPEC leader in our local high school. And as an IPEC leader, it was my job to help grow and develop. All the students who were a year younger than me through a really adventurous physical education course, which is a little bit of foreshadowing for my current job in business today. I still remember finding out that one of the students in my class had taken his own life. I was working at Dairy Queen at the time. I thought it was a joke. It wasn't. 
I threw up and I called my family to come get me. I didn't even have my own car yet. I don't even think I could drive. I still think about him every time I'm out adventuring in the mountains. I was a sophomore in college when I got a phone call that took my breath away. An ex of mine, someone who I still really care deeply about, had a younger sister who had passed away in a car accident. She was coming home from a friend's house late at night and never made it home. I crumpled and fell to my knees. That night, I played the final volleyball game of my college season as a shell of myself. I still think about her every single time that I make it to my destination safely. I was a senior in college, beginning to celebrate because I was just weeks away from graduating when I heard the news. A hometown friend of mine and a fellow college athlete with me at UMass Dartmouth was in critical condition. Just two weeks before we graduated, he lost his life from complications due to type 1 diabetes. He used to buy me coffee in the library when I'd been up late studying. That's just who he was. You could not take that out of him. I still think about him every time I buy somebody else a coffee. I was just coming home from the Pacific Crest Trail this last November and trying to find my feet underneath me. Again, my heart was broken. A childhood neighbor of mine, who was like a brother to me growing up, was gone. Here one day and not here the next. We have the same birthday. May 27th this year won't be the same. And I'll celebrate him every year for the rest of my life on that day. Each time I lose someone, the grief tackles me again, reopening wounds that seem never to have enough time to heal. Losing so many people in my life at such a young age has always felt unfair and infuriating and gut-wrenching. For many people in the world, today is April 29th. For me, today is the day that causes me to stop, pause, reflect, and reevaluate every single year. It's the anniversary of my friend Sean's passing, and it's also a day that I buy somebody a coffee in his memory. I invite you to do the same thing today, to do something kind for someone today. Not for recognition, but just because of love. I'm not sharing these stories so that you feel badly for the losses I've experienced in my life. That really isn't it at all. And thank you for bearing with the emotion of this episode today. (laughs) I'm sharing these stories today because we love to pretend that life is certain. That we'll chase the dream later on. We'll do it next year. We'll do it when it makes more sense. We'll do it when we have more time. We'll do it when we have more money. But if tomorrow isn't guaranteed, I sure as hell am going to do it today. Whatever it is for you, do it today. Please. If you're struggling to do it for yourself, I really want to encourage you to do it for all the people who would give anything to be back on earth and giving it their best shot to do it right now. My losses have really shaped me. Every day, I really do my best to truly live from the place of, I am the understanding that tomorrow is not guaranteed. This is a fundamental statement in my own personal document, and I say it to myself twice a day. I feel the truth of it. It's close to me because of the absence of Alex, Imar, Maddie, Sean, 
Mark, and so many others. What would be different if you started living from a place of not just knowing that tomorrow's not guaranteed, but really understanding that? I'm going to encourage you to sit with that question today. What is one small step that you can take today to move closer to what you actually want in this life you have? If you heard something powerful in this episode today, please share it with someone that you love. Send it to them. Start a conversation. Because in my world, I want to start a movement together to honor anybody whose life was cut short. If we all move more strongly in the direction of going from waiting to creating, the world would change overnight. That's the most loving thing that you can ever do. And today that feels important to share. Thank you for listening. And again, if this stood out to you, please send it to somebody else. Let's have a conversation. And if nothing else, please know that whoever you are and wherever you are, I love you.